0: The ball don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. I told Patrick he puts way too much thought into these musically themed days, and it'll force you to go down a rabbit hole or something dark. We had a texter who was brought to tears because he brought back memories and nostalgia, thinking about his dad and that song. And if you go down rabbit holing about the uh, the creator of that with the Green Beret ballad, what was the, the ballad, ballad of the, the Green Berets? Yeah. Whew. whew. Yes, exactly. Patrick. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, way too deep on a Tuesday, man. I just,
1: I just remembered the song from my childhood. <laughs> well, <That was> <laughs> you didn't know the background? I did not know all of the background, no. Well, just, I, knew, you, I knew the song because my grandfather was in the military.
0: Wow. Well, Google it, guys. We're not going to get into it, but we got into it a little bit, but we only hit the tip of the iceberg, the surface of this that damn thing, and it's... Mm. Wow, it's dark. It's a dark, dark (laughs) rabbit hole. Just warning there. Anyway, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, right now not a dark, dark rabbit hole. Usually... It's kind of a dark rabbit hole, uh, deep diving about the Cowboys, but not this offseason. If anybody could have won the offseason, you would think it would be these Dallas Cowboys. They've made some moves. We'll talk about those moves coming up here uh, in just a second. You can be a part of the show, Specs Text on 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Harge is at HardballHardge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP. It's, it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, how about this, man? How about them Cowboys and the moves they're made? So even as we have started the show, Cowboys have made another move.
2: Talk about it.
0: They re-sign Dante Fowler. He's back with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought, signed to a one-year deal, so nothing, you know, nothing special. Uh, he signs a one-year deal, and remember, he had six sacks. Seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. Dan Quinn likes him because Dan Quinn has a history with Dante Fowler, going all the way back to his time at Florida. Yep, when Dan Quinn was there at Florida with him, um, so he likes Fowler, always has. And Fowler has actually had some of his played some of his best football now under Dan Quinn. And prior to this Dante Fowler move, remember uh, we had told you that the Cowboys signed Ronald Jones, uh, running back, yep. to uh, a, a deal as well, and they now have. The running back position at least addressed. They also have now at least addressed, you know, defensive end, edge rusher. I think the only position that is of any need that you can throw out there as a need for the Cowboys would be interior D-line because yep. they, they traded mm-hmm. for Jonathan Hankins, and Jonathan Hankins is now a, a free agent. But o, o, I think Oza Odigizua, remember Odigizua has had a hell, he had a hell of a season. Yeah. Odiggy was awesome. Odiggy Zua ended up having 26 defensive stops, 31 pressures, four sacks. He was great, but the Kim Kardashian, Nick the Ray Williams House, Cardi B size, making the second size, but is that he's a great pass rusher. And the liability in this game is as a run-stopper. He's gonna get better as a run stopper, but you need an interior D-lineman that can be a run stopper. Remember what I told you guys: every house needs a plunger. I don't know where your plunger is. Some people keep it by the toilet. Some people keep it out in the garage. Some people keep it out in the back. Some people said, I don't want people to see this eyesore in my house because people don't really brag about their plungers, but you need one because when the fit hits the shan and you ain't got a toilet, Literally. you ain't got a, yeah, a plunger and your toilet's overflowing with uh, whatever it's overflowing with, all right, you're going to be crying and praying and wishing that you had a plunger. That essentially is what the run-stuffing, kind of double-team-taking, uh, gap-clogging defensive tackle is these days. Jonathan Hankins was there for the Cowboys. They had to trade to go get one. The Eagles had to trade to go get two as well. They traded to go get Nodama Kung Sue, Joseph. They also traded to, sorry, they, they drafted Jordan Davis. So they had three of them. Some people, you need more than one plunger in the house. You may need one in every bathroom. That's what the Cowboys need right now at that D tackle. Every, every team needs one, by the way. We were talking on Longhorn Blitz about uh, Keandre Coburn because he every team needs a Coburn. Every team needs a plunger. Cowboys. Uh, and the Cowboys need one too. That's why they traded for Jonathan Hankins. They may resign him, but if they don't, they can go get Kendrick Coburn. My man Jeff How told me Kendrick Coburn told him he's he's visited with almost all the teams in the league. Why? Because yeah. every team needs a Coburn. Like, every house needs a plunger. Yeah. <laughs> and the the NFL that's built on the zone-blocking run scheme, sideline to sideline, everybody's built on speed. Everybody's built on chasing down those gaps as they're created to stretch you horizontally. Well, the counter for offenses is they go counter, literally, and power and gap schemes right at you. And teams can't handle it. That's why the Eagles found out that they had an Achilles heel last season. So with the Cowboys with their rush defense, you better have that one player who can clog a damn gap and take a double team. And if you ain't got that... Your defense is already exploitable, period. And the Eagles found it out. So with the Cowboys, that is what they need to figure out next. That's Jonathan Hankins. They got to do that. But other than that... Everything else they've done, I really like. Don't go to the grocery store hungry because you're going to end up buying way <laughs> too much food. Don't go to the draft desperate because you're going to end up uh, taking a position that you really don't need. You're going to end up hurting yourself rather than helping yourself. Cowboys, they will go into this draft without a need at any position if they address interior defensive
1: uh, And Ed Werder and a couple other people are reporting that the next priority for the Cowboys in re-signing a free agent is Hankins. Yeah. Uh, so they have not done a deal yet, but that is the report, is that they are working on that deal currently. Absolutely. Who the hell is
0: running this Cowboys offseason? This is not Jerry Jones team, Steven Jones. <laughs> no, Something they, is happening here. They this probably is based on they, the body snatchers. Did
2: they probably let Will Clay finally have this this, this are they, Maybe. And, are they letting, is, Jerry, is Jerry on the yacht and they
1: don't have a cell phone connection? He's to come back and mad. You know, they, he be mad. You know Jerry,
2: just, he brought the – the tower with him, Jerry's got that tower, his cell phone tower connected right. to He's his He's got one yacht. on the yacht. He's got, He's it got one on, on the yacht. yacht. Mini, mini
0: he tower. called the
2: right people and put it on the He's yacht. He's got a satellite cell phone. But I also want to make sure that you know it doesn't go under the radar as well. You know, we've been talking about the running back position. Malik Davis is still there. They just signed Ronald Jones. Obviously, Tony Pollard has the franchise tag. They also re-signed Rico Dowel. He's back mm, yeah. with them as well. That was one that they did earlier today that nobody's really talking about because why would we? But they have uh, another running back that is in the fray as well. They still have Will Greer as the backup to Cooper Rush. I know everybody remembers him from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He's still part of the Dallas Cowboys too. But I 100% agree with you. I love the fact that they got back Dante Fowler. Uh, but the main thing is – Patrick just pointed out, and you were talking about it previously, the fact that you're going to try to get that run stopper in the middle, and I still think you draft one. You're going to have room later in the draft to be able to do that, to bring somebody that can be educated by these older players and get their opportunity a little bit later and possibly make an impact some point this year. But if you can go and get one right now, I think that's perfect.
0: Yeah, I think they might end up getting the D tackle now, and they could get one late in the draft. Hell, mm-hmm. that is like I said, that's that's not Kendre Colburn's per se, but it could be a guy that fits that you know that skill set of a Kendre Colburn. And you know, like you, you start looking at any other position where there is a express urgent need for the Cowboys. If I would if I would go with a second uh, option, it'd probably be O line. Because I, I, yep. I like what they've done with the O-line, but we don't know what's happening with Tyron Smith. We're really sure about that. They're, they don't have like an urgent need there, but if you just want to solidify and stabilize every position in the offseason going into the draft, I would go interior D tackle, Jonathan Hankins, as Patrick just mentioned. They're already thinking about addressing it. And I would probably go with an offense, a, a, you know, a, oh, you know what? I take that back. They did. They they signed an offensive lineman. They signed yeah, Shuma. Yep. doja.
2: Yep. Yeah, I back.
0: They just signed him. My yeah, bad. he's a swing go. guy. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Swear, I swear I was just about to say I would sign a guy that can play multiple yeah. positions on the O-line. Yeah, he's a swing guy. They already signed one. They, they signed yep. him. He's a th- he was a third-round pick in 2019. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He was hurt
2: prior to yep. this year, and that's why he's okay. been able to bounce well, around. He was a third-round pick, so that's definitely a value person right there because he does he, – everybody looked at him as a high draft pick, so if you could pick him up and place him in there to move him around – that's perfect. Yeah, they're being smart.
0: Thirteen stars. I have no idea who's running the Cowboys right now. I, I would honestly. I don't know if there's a weekend at Bernie. Have we seen Jerry? And, <laughs> have we seen Jerry walking around? Is this not a weekend at Bernie? I did or something? see a
2: picture of him it, on the boat. Him? Is, had, is anybody like holding him up? That like, might be. That Everybody's might be happening. Well, no, because then we would have already heard that Jerry, I mean, uh, Jimmy Johnson's going in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> that,
0: so if that, that, <laughs> that happens next, we know.
2: Weekend at Jerry's. They are propping Jerry up. This is not real. I, so I think what he happened, gets inducted. Yeah. I
1: think what happened was Jerry realized all these other billionaires are trying to be crazy. So now he's going to be sane <laughs> to equal back out the billionaire pile. Because he was like, I've been the crazy billionaire for. For 20, 30 years now, wow. you got to even it back out with all these other crazy billionaires. It sound,
0: that that theory is as plausible as any because I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. This is very uncharacteristic of them, but it is. I don't know if a team's had a better off season. Right.
2: Give so me, far, give
0: me a team that's had a better off season than the Cowboys. I think the
2: Texans have done a really good job. The Texans job have this off done season. a good job. I thank think, they've thank done you. It. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you, I think that I think they have done Please a really go on. good job. With the way, and we were talking about this, and after we left yesterday, I was thinking about it a little bit more. We were talking about them making all the moves, the Texans, that is, that are making all these moves because they want to make sure that they protect the the young quarterback that they're going to draft. But I think it's even more so. I think Casario is looking at it and saying, "Okay, we had Lovey Smith, we had uh, David Culley." Things didn't go out well. We had uh, Bill Mm O'Brien, and we've made a bunch of changes at our head coach's position, but now we need to make another position to make sure that everybody, including the young quarterback, but most importantly, D'Amico Ryans. This is a big step for him as well, and you don't want to put him in a situation where regardless of how good of a coach we think D'Amico Ryans is on the defensive side, he wants to be a great head coach. So let's put enough pieces around him so at least he can go out there mm-hmm. and compete. And that's the thing that I was looking at. So I would say they have done a really, really good job. That, Our man Wag says Miami. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, Miami, I, I, I like what Miami did about what they did to running back. They just brought yep. all their guys back and signed them, and they need them all. Uh, for Miami. Defensively, like, yep. yeah, they I brought mean, in they, they brought a couple of pieces in defensively.
2: Yep. PJ Locke is on that team with Brandon Jones. They yeah. brought those people in. Think about that. They they trying to build a thing down there in Miami with them with them Longhorns. They well they need to. I mean they they have a chance. They, yeah,
0: they thought last year third string quarterback. Playing, you know, down to the wire with, with Buffalo. Jalen
2: Ramsey's down there. Yeah, Buffalo in that game.
0: That yep. They thought, man, they had a chance, you know, even with a third string quarterback to win the game potentially. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I understand what they're doing. I like Miami. I listen. I, I need the Cowboys though. I think they've had a better off. Season not P.J. Than
2: Lock. Deshaun Elliott. Sorry about that. Deshaun Elliott, not P.J. Lock. Yeah,
0: he's still with the Broncos,
2: right? Yeah. Um, I Jalen Ramsey, baby. I need
0: the Cowboys. Other than misreading the running back market. That's my only criticism. I think they They tragically misread the running back market. But even getting Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, two years ago, this is a guy that ended up averaging around, what, 5.1 yards per carry? Yeah. I mean, he was one of the top... 12 best running backs overall in the NFL two years ago, and I think the Cowboys hoping they can get some of that. But you could have gotten, man, you could have gotten so many good players: Rashad Penny, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman is, is the one that really hurt me. Great, great. That was the one. You could have gotten great players for really, really cheap at the running back position, and the Cowboys misread that market, and they end up with Ronald Jones. Nothing wrong with that, but like I said, you could have gotten way more value at the running back position than they yeah. did. So that's my only criticism. Um, I like what Miami's done, like I said, but I, like I said, the Cowboys, I don't know if they had a better offseason than the Cowboys. No.
2: Brandon I'm, I'm Cooks, with you on that.
0: Brandon Cooks for a yeah. uh, fifth and a sixth, and the Texans are going to pay a third of the salary. And by the Winning. way, they, they just restructured them.
2: Yeah, and they restructured. They just restructured
0: back. Brandon Cooks again. They restructured Brandon Cooks again, and they basically took the uh, the eight million of the twelve million they owed him because the Texans were going to pay six of the eighteen million, so they brings it down to twelve million, and they restructured eight of that to basically turn it into a bonus for him, and they paid him basically in cash, and now he has a four million dollar salary, and now he'll only count six million against the cap, mm-hmm. so they get him even cheaper than they did before. Uh, a, a a this is a version of what my man Patrick always brings up the cash over cap thing where they basically decided no, let's just pay a lot of cash up front for him. That way we are not linked to him at all. Like there's no we, we it's, it's a smaller number against the cap, but also we got no ties to him in 2024. It's basically a version yeah, of we, cash we over have cap. our
1: we have our choice of if we want to keep him depending on what he does this year, depending on who we draft and what we. But yeah, I, I yeah they think the Cowboys have put themselves. I think a lot of other guys have made good splash moves. I think the Lions had a good offseason, too.
0: I like them. I, I think
1: too. the Cowboys, it's in comparison to every one of their other offseasons, they're winning on the fact that this is the offseason where you're like, oh, they're fixing, like, they're actually looking at their problems objectively and bringing in the right guys and trying to fill holes without just with a hope and a prayer in the draft that certain guys fall to them and they're able to put it together.
0: Like I said, it's a lot of things we've criticized about the Cowboys, I've criticized their inability to maximize the trade market and they are overly invested in just the draft and undrafted free agents. They've made two of the savviest trades of the offseason by getting Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore for two-fifths and a sixth-round pick. Uh, they also got both of those guys at bargain basement deals. Now, base salary of both of those guys combined is going to be $16 million. You can, you can, you get Stephon Gilmore for 12 million just negotiated, sorry, restructured, restructured. the deal. Uh, Brandon Cook's down yep. to four million dollars base salary for him. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's how deal. bad he wanted and to get out of there. It is, but also they gave him cash up front, so yeah, I mean, that helps a lot. Yeah, uh, but then they, they said them using cash over cap, something they were unwilling to do a couple of years ago when the Rams won the Super Bowl with that as one of their main methodologies. It's like I said, I, I. I I don't know what to say. I'm I'm flabbergasted, and I don't use that word a lot as a black man. I'm flabbergasted. I, I'm dumbstruck by what they've done. I this is this doesn't look like the Dallas Cowboys, and it's uncharacteristic of them in a really really good way that they are maximizing all of these other avenues to acquire talent, but also to seek value, yeah. cash over cap, the trade market. Like I said, if they wouldn't have misread the running back market. They'd be in the midst of having damn near a perfect offseason. In my opinion,
2: but you know, sometimes you can't. You, that's just like going over there and saying, "Hey, man, he's throwing a no hitter," and then all of a sudden you jinx them. So it's okay. They 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 had one mess up. They didn't throw a perfect game. They made some other things happen. I'm being very very pleased with the way that they are handling this offseason. As you said, this may be weekend at Bernie's, weekend at Jerry's, but I'm going to ride with it and do everything I possibly can because I've not been this excited during the offseason ever.
0: They even played the Don Schultz thing brilliantly.
2: Exactly.
0: He, he should have went back to the Cowboys and say, hey, I'll take that three-year, what are they offering? from, three years, $12 million a
2: year? He was mad, man, I'll because it's 30 emotion. He got emotional with it. He was like, they didn't want to give me the money. And now no one is giving you the money. Didn't you send me
0: the tweet that the, yes. that the deal that we thought, one year, $9 million, is not actually even that? It's not even for Dalton that. For Don Schultz? Nope. Right, because that's yeah. it's not all guaranteed.
2: No, it's worse. It's
0: like three, three, a third of that is incentive based. It right, is, is worse. A third of that incentive based or like half of it incentive based it's, it's worse. A third. The deal, a third, a
1: third. of yeah, it so, incentive based Yeah, I think it was like six point two five. guaranteed and two point seven five, in incentives. He
0: should have ran back to the Cowboys and say uh, that three year thirty six million dollar deal. I will take it. As a matter of fact, I will take three years thirty million. I will, I'll give you a discount, right? Because he just got yes. shafted. I mean, that's crazy.
2: Hey. I'm going to, in about the third round, you're going to feel a sting. Don't worry about it. That's pride. That's pride messing with you. Marcellus Wallace is Jerry Jones right now. In about the fifth round, you're going to feel a sting. Don't worry about it. That's your pride messing with you. It was. Go ahead and take you this money. You to play for the Texans. Exactly. You're
0: going to let the Texans get a deal on you, the Texans?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a
0: great deal for the Texans, by the way. I love there that. There it is. And the Texans also are assigning a center, uh, Michael Dieter. Dieter? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a backup mostly, but here's the kicker. He worked. He basically worked in Mike McDaniel's system there in Miami, which is the zone-blocking skis- system that Bobby Slowick wants to run because they were both under the Shanahan clan uh, there in San Francisco at one time. So they want to run the same system, and this guy knows how to run those zone-blocking concepts that Mike McDaniel ran in Miami because he was there as a backup center slash guard. A lot of people think that um, he can compete with Scott Quiz. Eisenberry yep. for the starting spot for the spot. starting spot. Yep. I would say this to Texans online. I never thought I'd say this. Texans online looks pretty damn good right now.
2: It's 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 you, beefing and, up. You got Larry
0: Talsel a guy who allowed I think Laramie Talsel allowed one sack all yep. season long, he allowed one sack. All season long, so you got Lammy Tunsil on the uh, offensive line. Uh, at the other tackle, you have Titus Howard. Those are two first-round picks. Shaq Mason at guard. You know, Shaq Mason didn't allow a sack at all in 2022. He's only allowed. At le- he's only allowed more than one sack. Uh, I believe going back to 2017 was the last time he allowed more than one sack. I mean, wow. he's been fantastic. So your offensive line now ain't got Kenyon Green. No and got Kenyon Green, pick. that's right. You got four first-round picks on the old line essentially. Sorry, three first-round picks on the old. line yep. Oh, I guess if you exclude Laramie Thompson, which you gave up for him, you yep. have four first-round picks. But you got three actual first-round drafted players on the old. line Doing it big, baby. Patrick's coming back to the Texans. Yeah, Patrick is What would you uh, say? You know, I've, I've been, been stalking my ass. Back. I've, been st- <laughs> I've been cyber-stalking him. He's coming <laughs> back. looking at this. He's coming back. I know he is. I can you, tell. Hey, he's and Patrick,
2: back. I would enjoy you being back there because Rob wants a friend. Look, Bro, I I, I, a look, I, with him. Come on I'm, back,
1: baby. I'm looking at it. I got to see this draft, though. I got to I because if they if they draft a defensive lineman, oh, I mean that second pick, man.
0: Ugh,
1: I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd be man. disgusted by it, and so I can't. I can't because I've been hurt too many times. Yep, yep, yep. You're gonna draft a D lineman
0: trade down. You're gonna drop. I don't got no problem. Drop the D lineman. Trade down and get value in the picks. Get yeah. get more picks. Then and then you can go off your quarterback next season. But if you draft a a D lineman with that number two overall pick, uh, that to me shows mismanagement. That's that's malpractice. Front office malpractice. In yeah. my yeah. opinion, because no there's no D lineman in my opinion worth that pick in this draft. Yeah. No, I, I know
1: people are big on Will Anderson, but we saw him mm. all season not look good, especially not without a good interior D line at Alabama this year. Yeah, he he looked like less. Uh, able to do it when he was taking on more double teams and when he was taking on more of the the pressure. Uh, I mean Carter. I don't know if he's that guy either. Oh, he
0: said he came in out of shape for the workout. Came yeah. in out
1: of shape. He's got
2: some baggage on him right now. That means that he was he was tanking. He was tanking. He don't want to. He don't want to go there. Oh, you think? Yeah, he, oh, I think so. Oh, I think he might be. Hey, he, he
1: better watch out if he tanks too much. He's falling to twelve and he's still going there.
2: Yeah, that's true too. That's true. <laughs> and a yeah. much better value, and I'd be fine with that. i yeah. love
0: that. All right, Hart, what you got coming up on Harsh Knuckle? I'm going to
2: talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team. I know that we're getting close to it. I had a chance to call – all three games against New Orleans, and I want to shine the light on a couple players that are starting to really, really heat up. Ooh, are we drinking
0: Kool-Aid for N- Texas baseball yet? Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. No Kool-Aid drinking, but also but no, bury, no, panic no panic buttons. No panic buttons. No panic buttons. Not, Not buttons, at all. No Kool-Aid. We're in between Not yet. yet. All we're,
2: right. we're drifting. We're, dr- <laughs> we're drifting a little bit. You know what I'm saying?
0: All right. We'll have the hardball <laughs> conversation about Texas baseball coming up next on Harsh Duck Life. Right?
1: Got your happy price, price line.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you dirty, Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael? Oh, that's funny. Michael? Michael! Welcome back to the top of the charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers, and you can follow the man who's in charge of all of our themes at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're a part of the show. You can hit us up on the specs text line 512-337-3776. And it's kind of funny because I've been getting all these uh, text messages and and um on the Specs text line and on my phone mm-hmm. talking about making sure y'all get some blue chew. I want y'all to have confidence, so I want y'all to <laughs> perform at a very high level because exactly. even if you got swag, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with enhancing your performance. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team because they have enhanced their performance over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, they've been on this home stand where they're 10-0 on his 14-game homestand. And I know a lot of people have always been talking about who they've been playing and how they're going about their business. But I want you all to truly, truly understand that when you're playing in games like this and you're getting an opportunity to find your rhythm, um, everybody's been very critical of what they were looking like after they got back from Arlington, which I was there. I got a chance to see it, and I said, that if you go back and you look at those games, the Texas baseball team put themselves in positions to win those games. Against Arkansas, they lost 3-2. to Against Missouri, who, by the way, beat uh, Tennessee this past weekend in conference play. Missouri beat Tennessee, the number 2-ranked team, uh, two games this weekend, they they lost to them six to five, and the only game that they really got beat was twelve to two against Vanderbilt, who at that time was number ten. But here's the reason they got beat: they made a bunch of errors during that time. Remember, I, I I was like, man, this is too much because of the way that they've been booting balls, and it was a lot of young players, and that is why Travis Staley, who by the way has been pitching pretty good, he pitched really good his last outing. I wanted to say I'm like that was the only game then they came home and played Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, they beat them 12 to 2. They played a good series against Indiana where they won the first game 4 to 2, second game 5 to 2, and then they lost the game on the the getaway day 4 to 2 to Indiana. They played a tough game against LSU where that home run, they they're still the number 1 team in the nation and it came down to one mistake at the end of the game. Dude hit a home run, and they ended up losing that game three to nothing in the ninth inning. Mm. So they were in the game, and the problem that they were having when they went out to Cal State Fullerton, they lost in 11 innings on the, that Sunday, five to four. It was 11 innings. This team was in every single ball game. Then they come home and play this homestand, and I do want to say this. The pitching staff, Although people are going to say, well, they played North Dakota State, New Orleans. They played Mercer, and they played uh, Manhattan doesn't matter because if they'd have lost that, y'all'd have been pissed off. Y'all'd have been, they, he needs to go. He mm-hmm. need this is this is a terrible baseball team. Mm-hmm. But instead, they go out there and win. And then all of a sudden you're you're saying, Well, they're not playing anybody. It's like, what what do you want? They just went and played against the top ten team and then they come back here and play well. So that is what we expected. And what did I tell you? I said they will be over 500 by the time this series is over. And now they're ready to go. And one of the things, and the reason why they're having so much success is the top of their lineup. The top of their lineup has been doing so good. And Peyton Powell has been a a breath of fresh air for me because he was somebody that I liked two years ago. I liked his Mm -hmm. approach. I liked his presence at the play. The problem is he couldn't find a position because if you go back and you look at the team that Texas had, who was he going to replace? Because if he were to replace somebody, y'all have been like, "Why is he not playing? Why is this person not playing?" Now, all of a sudden, he's getting his time at the plate. He's getting some extended at-bats. He's doing great things. He's moved up to the number 2 hole. He's playing third base now, and he is squaring up baseballs. But the big person that I've wanted to talk about right now is I wanted to give some love to Eric Kennedy right now. EK has been doing a great job in the leadoff position. He's put up big numbers. On Sunday, he went three for three with two home runs, and a double, and he missed the home run. He would have had three home runs, but he missed it by like five feet. It hit the base of the wall, or else he would have had another. And he hit it to the deepest part yeah. of dish fog. Like, you see the center field wall, and it says 400. Well, in yeah. the gaps, is 405. Man. And that's exactly where he hit it. He hit it 403. So he hit it to the deepest part of the ballpark. But not only that, he's been drag bunning, he's been getting some infield hit, he's been patient, he's been setting the table for what's been happening. Over the last nice. five games, he went he hit five fifty with five home runs, two doubles, ten RBIs in nine runs scored 550 550 for the week and his numbers have jumped up every single time and I know everybody I was I was I was even one of those guys too that was worried not really worried but I was hoping that Dylan Campbell would get going because he's a vital part of the success that this team is going mm-hmm. to have Dylan has got his average up a few weeks ago before the homestand Dylan was like hitting one 49 or 159 now he's all the way up to 234 and i know people are like what what i'm like y'all don't understand those numbers are jumping exponentially and then you also i was talking about peyton powell peyton powell is batting 439 he's 25 of 57 six doubles and three home runs but Mm. those balls that he have been hitting the entire time and this goes to the same for Dylan Campbell. Dylan Campbell may not have the hits, but he has productive outs. And even David, uh, Coach David Pierce talked to me about this in one of the post games. What people don't understand is he's doing the things that are being asked of him. The numbers may not say it, but all of his outs have been loud. They've been line drives. He's hit balls hard, and you know eventually things are going to happen. I want to give some love to Porter Brown. Porter Brown's been doing a really good job in the outfield. He's an experienced player that has made a difference on this team. Garrett Gamet, the catcher. He, At first I was really mm. like, I don't know about this dude. I don't know if I'm going to like him behind the plate, but what he brings every single day, number one is experience. He brings a lot of positivity behind mm-hmm. the plate, and he works really, really hard. And And these guys look like they love playing with him, and he looks like he loves being a Texas Longhorn. And last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about the pitching staff. We've all talked about Lucas Gordon, preseason All-American, preseason uh, All-Big 12 pitcher, lefty. He's your Friday night guy. Um, You got Travis Staley who pitched on Saturday. That was probably the best game that I've seen him pitch the entire year. He had his changeup working. He was running that fastball up there about 94, 95. He touched 95 a couple times, but his changeup was so nasty. So imagine yourself at the plate. You're seeing a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, but then he hits you with a 80 mile an 80-mile-an-hour changeup. Man. I've never seen anybody change speeds that well. And not only that, he was throwing it for strikes. Like people weren't having to swing at it. They were just being fooled because it was like Bugs Bunny. It was like I'm looking at all these fastballs and then I'm throwing this change up yes, to you. Up? So it's like, man, they started doing better. LeBaron Johnson, hmm. he finally got moved to the weekend. I told you that's what I thought was going to end up happening because his starts were just so good. I'm like, when conference comes around, he's going to end up being on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. He's not pitching tonight. Charlie Hurley's going to pitch tonight, the kid that transferred in from LSU as well. He's going to get the start tonight, which makes it even more so that LeBaron is going to get the first weekend start, whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. This pitching staff is starting to understand their roles as the game is unwinding. So Mm -hmm. I know that people are going to always kind of question what the conference schedule. If you go back and look at, what other teams, like Texas Tech. Texas Tech is coming in this weekend, and that's where you're going to see a true test. Texas Tech played most of, the, almost all of their games at home this year. So those numbers are a little bit elevated. Mm. And I heard Coach Ty talk about this. Ty Harrington was on with b this morning. The problem with Texas Tech, and they're a good baseball team, and they're always going to be ready to come into Texas, they haven't been fielding the ball as well. Texas, on the other hand – Their fielding is getting better and better and better each game. So being comfortable at home, being able to sleep in your own bed, it's not to be mistaken. It is definitely a good piece of it. But this team is playing solid baseball, and they're doing some of the other things that I thought they were going to be able to do. Bunt, hit and run, move guys over, playing situational baseball, hitting the ball the other way because we're never going to see those home run numbers again. Yeah. Understand that, people. Do mm-hmm. If you go into the ballpark and you're thinking you're going to see a ton of blasts, even though I just gave you Dylan Mitchell – I mean, not Dylan Mitchell, Dylan Campbell, uh, Eric Kennedy, and Peyton Powell have all been hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Don't expect to see those big numbers. You're going to see home runs, but you're not going to mm-hmm. see them like we saw them last year. This is still a quality baseball team. And they are going to go out there and battle. And if the pitching is on point, they can play with anybody.
0: That's a good point. It's a good breakdown there too. I like that. Yeah. So you. So what you're watching is this team's getting better because guys are is, individually improving.
2: And guys are individually. Is that the improved. biggest
0: reason for the run that they're on? It's just individual improvement? I, I like to believe so because yeah.
2: they're under. Because again. This is a new team. These are guys that hadn't had the experience as much, except for the entire outfield. They're, they're an experienced baseball team. Yeah. You got a freshman at, at first base in Jared Thomas. You got a player in Jack O'Dowd who hadn't been playing um, that well from the very beginning. And I mean, he hadn't had that many opportunities. And now he's getting those reps every single game because now he's the starting. Second baseman. You got Mitchell Daly, who was the starting second baseman for the last two years, that now has moved over to shortstop. You know, so he had to get comfortable throwing the ball across the infield again. Mm -hmm. And then you got Peyton Powell, who couldn't get on the field for the last few years, even though his bat has always been able to play, but he couldn't find a position. Now he's the starting third baseman. So they're starting to get comfortable with each other and being in the lineup every day. I you think. know as well as I do. I mean, oh, it, like when you talk about the safeties, if y'all aren't on communication together, you go it's get, a problem. You're to get beat. Yeah, you're going to get beat. Get beat. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do believe I did say Hurley transferred from USC, not LSU. So mm-hmm. I do understand that because him and Gail Matt were together at USC. So this is a, a a fun team, and they're making some changes that are trying to – to get ready for conference play, because I told you when I got back watching Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a fast baseball team. They're gonna try to put pressure on you, and I think Texas needs to take that approach as well. Because you're not, you can't play for the big home run every single every game because you don't have those type of boppers. Yeah. You've got some guys that will hit it out of the park, but they're not going to the plate with that consistent thought of. I got an opportunity here to drive it out of the park. Yeah, that was last year. That was last year. Dude. Last year. That new was, team.
0: Yeah, and this team, even though showing more power, yep. that's that's not what they are. They got to they gotta manufacture runs and, like you said, have to find a way to make some other plays uh, on the base pads. Uh, I like that breakdown there. And Texas baseball coming up tonight. As a matter of yep. fact, Incarnate Word, uh, they'll be facing uh, them tonight. That's why we're off early at 6.15, so you want to stick around for that. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got off the record on the other side. Uh, we'll dive into a new Number of different topics, A ton of different things thrown there and off the record Ooh. right here on Ball Don't Lie on one hundred the horn. D D Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen.
1: Well, I don't
0: get breaking Day head comb.
2: Congratulations, continue good sex in the good sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of. Off the record.
1: Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live.
2: And thing sucks. All
0: right. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Right here on one hundred and four. Now in the horn. A couple of pieces of audio here that I want to get to. uh, College football related audio. Okay. So first one is what some people are hinting and implying may have been a, a, a slight or that Nick Saban may have taken a little shot at the <laughs> Alabama basketball program and Nate Oates and his handling of the Brandon Miller situation. Everybody remembers famously, and by the way, he apologized for this comment and later, uh, I think, said that he misspoke and and used the wrong term and used the wrong phrasing, if, if you will. But at one time uh, when Brandon Miller was – you know, was being investigated, I should say, or at least was being uh, spoken to by police or at least they were interviewing him, I should say. Uh, the coach, Nate Oates, uh, talked about his situation and basically described it as a situation where he could have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. all remember this um, yep. in regards to Brandon Miller being involved uh, with that murder of the young lady, Jamia Miller. So named Jamia Miller, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, so um, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I don't think it was Miller. Actually, that's her. Uh, Jamia was her name. Jame- I apologize yeah. uh, if I didn't get her, her last name correct. But anyway, uh, Nick Saban is punishing one of his own uh, football players, and he is punishing him because he got arrested. Uh, we're not going to get into the details of it, but he has been suspended from all team activities as a result. The cornerback is Tony Mitchell. He's a freshman. And when Nick Saban was speaking to the media, uh, Jamia Harris, thank you very much. Jamia Harris is her yeah. name. I apologize for missing that. Um, when he was talking to the media about this situation with Tony Mitchell, his cornerback, who he's suspending from the team, some people believe that he may have uh, kind of taken a little shot at the Alabama basketball program. And Nate Oates, here is Nick Saban.
2: Uh, Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team. On uh, all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around and what you do, who you associate yourself with and, uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So, um, it is what it is, but uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations.
0: Intentional, deliberate, slight um, taken at the all Alabama of the above. basketball program. Yes, I okay. think it was all of the yeah.
2: above. He wanted to go about it and let him let everybody know. I don't play them games. I don't have time for it. But here's the thing that is disappointing to me on that statement: if he was taking a dig at it. The player that he was with, I mean, the, the the Brandon Miller was with a player on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. So it's a teammate of mine. So I understand that you may you may think that we were in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever or not going to go with that. But this is a guy that was on my team. So I I'm going to kick it with my teammate. I just don't. I didn't know that it went to that level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we've all been around teammates that somebody that we don't know might not have liked that person, right? Or may not have liked you. I've been there where I've been with people and they were like, man, I don't like hard. And they were like, I'm gone. Or I would start some trash or whatever. But if y'all there together, it's like, that's my boy. That's my teammate. So I'm not finna leave him out there to be in, in the streets by himself. But my man ended up leaving anyway because he couldn't get into the club. Well,
0: and the police decided not to charge him. Exactly. With anything. I know. Right. People are like, oh, listen, I understand. We, I do, get he, it. we it is, do get it. We do get it. Just because you're found not guilty does not make you innocent. Hello. I get that. So I'm not saying that the young man is innocent, but he was, it, it did not rise to criminality, whatever his right. uh, involvement might have been. Just, uh, and that's wrong place, wrong time. Even Nate Oates. Uh, he retracted he did. that he did. wording It was like, hey, that's the, wrong, that's the wrong wording. I shouldn't say that. So I think maybe Nick Saban's saying that the wrong place, wrong time, no such thing as that. It's all about the decisions that you make, and even Nate Oates agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, Brandon Miller has not been charged and won't be charged. Right. That just, that's not happening. Um, and honestly, I think he's going to be drafted in the lottery of the NBA. He will. <laughs> he will. are probably really high. Uh, okay, real quick, I want to get to this sound from Jimbo Fisher. We got a little time here. So the Aggies have started spring practice. And the Aggies have, uh, you know, they've decided, you know, uh, at least he, Jimbo Fisher has decided that he's going to hire an offensive coordinator. And he hired Bobby Petrino as his OC. There's a lot of discussion about who will be the actual play caller for the Aggies Jimbo Fisher or Bobby Petrino. He was asked about it. Here's Jimbo's response.
2: Who, ma- who makes the play calls. Would that be him or you? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through that as we go. Go back to the back. To plan the on right. him making calls. Plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all. Right side back.
0: Okay. So I, <laughs> I actually don't know I, I he's calling plays, but I don't know if he's a play caller. Right, right. 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 We, we know based on that say so he's gonna call plays. We don't know if he's a play caller. I think And this, we don't know how many plays he's gonna be able to call. We don't know. <laughs> Some people saying this is Jimbo Fisher just being crazy and just being uh, boom uh, Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: Oh, man, he is uh, definitely boom-hauer. Where, the, where <laughs> old Hank at? Where, the, where the old, old, <laughs> old Hank? i going to be a longhorn over there, right? And I'll from, tell you. Uh, from King Hill. <laughs> but I think it's
0: actually smart. If people know that Byron Petrino is going to call the plays, there's a ton of film out there about what he believes in schematically, conceptually, right. and how his offense will look. Right. Nobody has any idea how the offense is going to look because it's going to be a hybrid of Jimbo Fisher's offense and Byron Petrino, and we don't know who's calling the plays. That is a little bit of an advantage early on for AM. Because he's right. going to figure out, is it Jimbo calling the place? Because if it's Jimbo, we know how he's going to call it. If it's Bobby Petrino calling the place, it's also going to be very different. So I think a little bit of gamesmanship, but also a little bit of boom power. I mean, it's. That's
2: definitely boom hour. It, That's Jimbo. 100% boom
0: hour. Uh, okay, let's get to. Oh, so, Hank. <laughs> let's go behind the burnt <laughs> orange curtain. Texas spring football starting up again post spring break. We have Sark Audio. He met with the media. We'll talk about that. And we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. A little basketball nuggets from Texas men's basketball headed to the Sweet 16. And the ladies with a disappointing showing last night. So their hopes and dreams are dashed. We'll talk about all that more right here on Ball Don't Live 1049 Horn.